start your engines. I'm Sheila from To Love, Honor, and Vacuum, and this is our men's podcast, which we run the last Thursday of every month. We talk just to the guys, mostly about sex, because, mm. hey, what guy doesn't want to talk about sex? <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and if you're a woman listening, that's okay, too. You're allowed. Yeah, there'll be lots here for you, too. And I have brought my husband, Keith. Well, I've, I've kind of, like, lassoed my husband, Keith. Oh, no, I was willing to come and talk. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so then we can it's, share. It's funny how things have changed over time. I used to be so, like... Oh my gosh, why is she making me talk about this? I just got used to it now, I guess. <laughs> yep, just go with the flow. So today is Halloween. Yeah, yeah. Spooky stuff, yeah. scary stuff. And so we're going to talk about some scary stuff on the podcast today. <laughs> we are going to talk about how to have the conversation about sex with your spouse. Yeah, I think that's one of the big things is it's, you know, a lot of marriages struggle because they have issues in this area, but just they can't get around actually talking about it. Mm-hmm. And there's no way you can solve a problem if you can't actually discuss what's going on. Yeah, and so often it's just so emotionally laden because everybody feels guilty and for all kinds of different reasons. Uh, they feel unloved. They feel that you're not meeting my needs, and then you feel guilty for not meeting the other person's needs. And it just becomes this whole big pit of endless muck (laughs) and and it's really hard to get out of that pit yeah and i I think that society kind of you know portrays this in books and movies and that sort of thing as if it's so easy and when you're in love it's all fireworks all the time and you don't have to work at it and it's Mm -hmm. it's just great and when you know that's not happening in your relationship you think what's wrong with me or what's wrong with our relationship or that sort of thing and you just don't realize that this is just the way it works. And like any area of your relationship, you know, sex takes work. It takes some talking and getting honest about things and what you like, what you don't mm-hmm. like, and for it to make it great. Yeah, and in our, in our first inaugural Start Your Engines podcast last month, we talked about the differences in libido and how women's yeah, libido and works. they're and very different. Very different. Although we did say in the podcast that in a lot of relationships, the female has the higher libido. Yeah, than I think the male. it's about 30%. Yeah. yeah. And often a lot of people kind of gloss that over, but it's it's real. Right. It's just that I'm assuming that most of the men who listen to the podcast have the opposite yeah, problem. Exactly. So, well, and it's also, you know, that's just kind of where we go to at the start, right? Like, yeah. Sort of think the typical situation first, right? Yeah. So today, what I want to talk about, and this goes along with the series that we've been doing every month at To Love On and Vacuum on Wednesdays, I do a different series. And this month was all about the different stages of sex in marriage Mm -hmm. and how in marriage, we do go through different stages. You have the honeymoon stage, and then you have the life is really busy stage when, when you've got babies and we just had a baby. We have a grand baby. Yes, which is the best kind of babies because you get to sleep at night. That's amazing. Yes, so we have our first grandchild. So that was exciting for us this month. All the enjoyment and like almost none of the work. Exactly. Best way to do it. Should have done that first. Um, <laughs> and and then, of course, you move into uh, the glory years of sex when sex gets really good. And then this week we're talking about menopause and when mm-hmm. stuff like that kind of kicks in. Yep. Um, and so what I want to focus on, on today is those honeymoon years because we think that the honeymoon years are supposed to be the best years of sex. And actually they're not. 
For a lot of people, they're not. Yeah. yeah. That's for sure. Certainly, there are some people that where everything works great yeah, right off the hit bat. Hit the ground running. Everything's good. Absolutely. But I don't think that's the, most people. No. And in fact, when I did my surveys for The Good Girl's Guide to Great Sex, um, one of the first sex books that I wrote, what I found was that the best years for sex and marriage are actually years 16 to 24. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I think that's because... So that we're at 27 now, so... I know. I'm getting kind of nervous. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think it's because... You know, for women, especially for sex to be good, you have to be able to talk about it. And Mm. talking means you have to be able to be vulnerable. And that's actually a hard thing to do for a lot of women. Well, we talked about that in the last podcast, too, Mm -hmm. trying to tell the guys, like, you know, just respect the fact that it's a very vulnerable situation for for a woman to yield herself to a man in, in the sexual relationship. Yeah, it, it is it is a very different experience for for the woman versus the guy. Uh, but then you know, and then babies come, and then you don't sleep, and then your life is busy, and so often it does take a yep. while. And then you're also getting right to the height of your career sometimes. Yeah, at that point. and financial pressures are yep. often highest then. So there's there's just a lot working against you in those early years. So what yep. I want to talk about is how what do you do in those early years? when things are tough because I think that's a lot of the guys on the blog um you know they got married and they just thought it was all going to be about ripping each other's clothes off all the time yeah constantly you thought that oh I totally did yeah (laughs) I totally did I I was so naive (laughs) and And, and then I responded really poorly when things didn't go the way I expected mm -hmm. you know and I got I you know I'll, I'll be honest I think I've said this before or I think we've it's on the blog and other places but you know I I didn't I wish I could go back and relive those years because I, I would have done them differently. Yeah, and, and that's what I really want to encourage the guys listening is that the way that you react in those early years really sets the stage mm-hmm. for um, the rest of your marriage. And what I was talking about too in the stages of sex idea is that the things that don't get dealt with in those honeymoon years, it get exacerbated mm-hmm. when kids come. So if you've got trauma that hasn't been dealt with, you know, sexual abuse in your past that hasn't been dealt with, that's going to get worse when kids come. If you've had, if sex has just never really worked really well, if it doesn't feel that great for her, that's going to get worse when kids come because then she's just never even going to want to try. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, and, and she's going to be distracted with all these other thoughts. Yeah, head. Exactly. So the more that you can deal with this stuff early, the better. Now, what do you do if you're if you're not in those honeymoon years anymore? Maybe you're in those busy years, or maybe you're even in like 15 years and it still isn't very good. So, you know, one what I would want to suggest is that you figure out what is not good about sex because it could be going wrong in all kinds of different ways. Mm-hmm. And we we talked about this last last time too, you know, that sex isn't only physical. It's also this emotional connection and this spiritual connection, like it's all kinds of different things. So Mm -hmm. she needs to feel safety Mm -hmm. and she needs to feel intimacy and she needs to feel pleasure. She needs all those three things for sex to be good. Um, And if you're not being really intimate emotionally, if you're not um, laughing together, if she can't trust you, then things just aren't going to go really well. So that might be issues. But I want, I want to specifically in this podcast, talk about the physical aspect of sex because I think this is this is one of the areas where things can get really messed up because for a lot of women sex just doesn't feel very good right out the gate Mm -hmm. and guys don't understand that because for them it feels really good yeah it's it's not it's it's a lot easier for guys yeah (laughs) I mean you pretty much always have a good time and when I'm saying you I don't mean like you specifically I mean maybe I do but I'm not trying to get people to picture that like let me just yeah just delete all that (laughs) okay Men, guys in general. Um, 
guys in general pretty much are guaranteed a good time when yeah. you have sex and women are just not. Yeah. And so, and so I think a lot of guys are like, okay, you know, sex is supposed to feel good. What's wrong with you that sex doesn't feel good? Yeah. Well, and that's one of the issues that I have to be honest with me too, is that I, at some point, at some part in my brain, I sort of thought when we were having those struggles early on, like, why isn't she like, does, why doesn't she see sex like the way a guy sees sex? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, not, not that I wanted you to be a guy, <laughs> like, but, I, <laughs> but I, but I, but what I meant was like, like, why didn't you have the same attitude as I had? Like, because it, it did feel good sometimes. So like, why don't you want it all the time? Like I do, cause it feels good, you know, yeah. but women yeah. are very different than men and, and we need to understand that and need to respect that. Yeah. But also for women, for a lot of women, intercourse in and of itself is not what gives the most pleasure. Yeah. And, and, and often too, from the physiology of it, Mm-hmm. To just start writing the intercourse can be actually uncomfortable for women yeah. if, if they aren't ready for it. Yeah. Um, and so that you, that's why, you know, foreplay and all those things are so important, right? Right. And, but if, if she has never figured out what all the fuss is about, okay, like if, if, if she has never had a good time in the bedroom, if sex has just never felt that great, it's hardly any wonder that she doesn't want to have sex very often. And so as a guy, like one of your jobs, guys, is to make sure that it does feel good for her. Yeah, I would say so. Now that's now I gotta put a caveat in here because mm-hmm. it is not always the guy's fault if oh, no, she doesn't feel sure. good. Because I know a ton of guys who, you know, they comment on the blog and they say they would love to make their wife feel good. Mm-hmm. But she just rushes through everything and she won't let him pay any attention to her. Because for various reasons. It might be sexual abuse in her past. It might be that she has a negative view of sex. It might be that um, she just doesn't believe she's ever going to feel good. But she just doesn't, she just doesn't think, you know, that, that sex or pleasure is worth working for. And mm-hmm. so she doesn't let him. So I'm not saying that, that this is entirely on the guy. Absolutely not. But what I would say to guys, and this is what I tell all guys who are about to get married, is your aim should not be to have sex, okay? Your aim should not be intercourse. Your aim should be to get her aroused. And if you can focus on getting her aroused, whatever, however you do that, you know, whether it's with your hands, with your mouth, whatever it takes, get her aroused, and then you can work on sex. Because that's, she needs to know that her body works. And a lot of women just don't know that. Mm. They have no idea. So what I would say is like, if you've been married for a couple of years and sex has never really felt good for her, you got to go back to the basics, you know, and just say, okay, you know what we're going to work on right now? Let's, let's, let's shelve intercourse for a minute. Okay. We're going to shelve. We're not going to worry about whether or not we're going to have intercourse. What we're going to focus on right now is how to get you aroused and just make that a really fun research project. (laughs) (laughs) How how do we just make each other feel good? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, just even like, you know, like one of the things that you love is back rubs. Yeah. Right. I don't see that as like a sexual thing. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's one of those things that you, like, we have much better nights if I give you back rubs. Mm-hmm. We do. Because... <laughs> is, that, is that TMI? <laughs> <laughs> I think this whole thing's TMI, but whatever. Okay. But, but, you know, I, I think that, that just, just touch and, mm-hmm. and connection I think that's so important for, mm-hmm. for, for women, but also for men, but I think particularly for women. Right. And in, in 31 Days to Great Sex, I've got um, some quick exercises, even in the, first, in, the, in the first week of the challenge, which helps you um, 
figure out how to get her aroused. And I think that that is the missing key for many people Mm -hmm. is that they think that sex in and of itself is supposed to be this amazing thing for her. And while for many women intercourse really is, it often doesn't start out that way. Often the first thing that makes her aroused is not intercourse per se, it's something else. And then once she figures out how her body works, she can often translate that into intercourse and intercourse will feel better. But it doesn't start off necessarily feeling that great. And so you got to go back to basics, guys. Please go back to basics Mm -hmm. and help her figure out what works and that she isn't broken. Because I think a lot of women think they're broken. Yeah. Um, But that's, but the problem is to go back to basics, you got to have a conversation. Yeah. And that's what we said at the beginning. These kind of of things are difficult to talk about, right? Yeah. And so, you know what I, I would just recommend whenever you're talking about sex, the biggest mistake that people can make if you are the higher libido spouse is to frame the conversation in terms of my needs, right? So I'm feeling very frustrated. I want to have sex more than we're having sex. Why don't you want to have sex? As soon as you say that, even though it's it's true, it could be very true, but it sets up this um, dynamic where the other person is not living up to their end of the bargain and it becomes a... Um, well, you're already in opposition to each other. Yeah, exactly. And how, and how we're talking about how to be intimate and one, mm-hmm. and we start the conversation by opposition. Right, and so it's just not a helpful way to frame it. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that I would frame it instead is something like, you know, babe, like God made marriage to be this really passionate adventure, and I feel like we're missing out on that, and I feel like you're missing out on what you were created for, and mm-hmm. I don't want you to miss out on that. Like, I want us to have everything in this life that we can possibly get out of this life. And so let's see how we can do that together. And I really want you to teach me. I want, like, I am at your disposal, (laughs) you know, and and present it more that way as, like, like, sex should be something which is intimate. Our marriage should be something which is an intimate adventure. And that's what I want for us, as opposed to, I am not getting my needs met. Mm -hmm. Well, I think because a lot of times, too, women are very insecure in that area. And you start with that comment. Mm-hmm. And then it just drives them more inward. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they, they find it even more difficult to, to perform in that way. So I think you're just making a vicious cycle. Yeah. Right? Which yeah. is exactly what I did in the first years of our marriage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and then you know, I... Because I was very demanding on you. Yeah, and then I was just felt so guilty. And this is what I want guys to understand too, is like if your wife is not having sex as often as you want her to, chances are she's feeling really guilty and she can't handle the guilt. And so she's going to project that onto you as anger for mm-hmm. something else. So she'll start to notice every little thing that you do wrong because that's her way of justifying not having sex with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and And it just creates this really negative dynamic. And so if you can break through that dynamic and say... I want us to feel intimate. I want us to feel passion. And I want that for you. And let's work on how we can get that there. Um, what can I do to make your life easier? What can, what can I do to make you feel loved? You know, and, and start owning the problem. That can help a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and I just want to do a shout out too for the Get Your Marriage On app because that is a wonderful app. 
um, that can help you have some of these difficult conversations. And it's got some wonderful stuff about sex and marriage too. And there's just some really flirty things in there that are fun that can break the tension. Like you can play strip battleship. I mean, that's fun. You know, <laughs> I haven't heard battle of strip. Oh yeah. And, uh, and, and great ways to have marriage meetings. Like if you have something that is really big that you need to talk about, it helps walk you through that step by step. And so if you have to have a scary conversation, you know, Halloween scary conversation, um, it just makes it less scary. Yeah. And it, it shows you how to affirm each other, how to um, show each other that you love each other, but then how to still deal with the big stuff that needs to be dealt with in, in a much easier way. So I highly recommend it and check it out. Get your marriage on app. Mm-hmm. And, and don't feel like everything has to be solved in one session. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, things, you know, you've got the rest of your life to work things out. So be patient with each other, you know, and sometimes you've had bad um, habits Mm-hmm. and you're trying to change, you slip back into bad habits. Right? Yep. And we have, to, we have to be able to call each other on that and say, hey, you know, like, I, think you, I thought you said you were going to try and not do that or not say, those, say that or that sort mm-hmm. of thing. But we also need to be willing to forgive the person because they're still trying to be better. Yeah. Right? If that makes yeah. sense? Yeah. And so, you know, look at the progress. Yeah. Look so, at the progress. Celebrate so the progress. You're always a work in progress, and, that, and that's fine. You can... You, can, yeah. you have lots of time to work this out. So be, be, be patient with yourself. Don't give up. Keep going in the right direction. Yeah. And that's what the Stages of Sex series has all been about, that things do change over the course of your marriage. And so let's see how we can grow <laughs> with those stages and how we can keep connecting. And if you haven't been connecting, let's start connecting so that you set yourself up really well for the next stage. Peacemaker versus peacekeeper. They're not the same thing. One addresses conflicts and deals with them. One shoves conflicts under the rug to keep things on an even keel. God calls us to make peace, and sometimes that's messy, even in marriage. That's one of the thoughts in my book, Nine Thoughts That Can Change Your Marriage. Don't settle for an okay marriage. Get a great one with my book, Nine Thoughts That Can Change Your Marriage. As we move into the next part of the Start Your Engines podcast, I want to tackle a couple of reader questions that came in that can help guys just get a better sex life with their wives. And before I do that, I also want to talk to you about how the Start Your Engines podcast started. So I'm Sheila Gregoire. I've been blogging at tolovehonoredvacuum.com where we try to work towards marriage being a passionate adventure and not just a to-do list for about 10 years. And I've written a lot of books on sex, including The Good Girl's Guide to Great Sex and 31 Days to Great Sex. I've got The 24 Sexy Dares. Seriously, like we just talk a lot about sex. And mostly I've been talking to women, but increasingly I've had a lot of men on my blog, a lot of wives saying, I wish my husbands could hear some of what you have to say. And so I really was quite passionate about sharing this with you men too, because I think a lot of teaching in the church especially has actually made sex worse for many married couples because it spread a lot of misconceptions. It spread a lot of stereotypes and it hasn't really understand the woman side very well. And often that's why guys aren't having really great sex is because they don't necessarily understand where their wives are coming from. Their wives don't really understand where you're coming from and it all just gets really messy. So I'm just trying to work through all that mess and help us understand each other. And I hope that I can do that while totally validating what guys are feeling as well, because I know there's a lot of really frustrated guys, especially on the blog, guys who say, you know, I've been married for 16, 17, 25, 35, years, however many years, and my wife just doesn't want sex. And what am I supposed to do? So I want to try to unpack that so that hopefully you won't get there. Or if you are there, that you'll have some strategies that might work. 
And so let's turn to a question that I had today. This one's actually from a woman, um, but I think that it's a great one to answer on the Start Your Engines podcast. She says, my husband and I are recently married and we're both fairly young. The last few months have been frustrating for me. We're both Christians, but we did fall into temptation and became intimate before we were married. Before we were married, it was hot and he initiated almost everything. But now that we're married, it's like he never wants to have sex at all. Lately, we don't have sex unless I initiate. And what do I do? Great question. And so I want to talk to you guys about how you can see sex in the right way once you're married, even if you have a bit of a past, and give you a couple of pointers on how you can initiate without turning her off, because that's something that most of you guys probably want to know. So first of all, what she's explaining and what is actually a phenomenon that I see a lot where before they get married, they have this really great sex life. And then after they get married, it somehow comes to a screeching halt. And what in the world is going on there? Why would that happen? Why would sex be great before you're married, especially if you're Christians and you even know that you're not supposed to be having sex, and then you get married and suddenly sex is awful? And I think it's because sex actually changes once you're married. Before you're married, when you're having sex, a lot of the appeal is that it's forbidden and it's seen as something which is hot, you know, like this is something which is super sexy. And then once you are married and it's supposed to be about intimacy and it's supposed to be about love and it's not just about taking from someone, but it's supposed to be about the relationship, somehow it can seem like it's losing the hotness. And it could be that he's just struggling to figure out what sexuality looks like in a healthy relationship when it's not just about me being hot for her. And that is a that is a difficult transition to make. I see it especially with women, where women can be quite open to sex before they're married. And then as soon as they get married, it's like they're just totally turned off. And there's a switch that goes off in their brain and things just don't seem to work anymore. So I often tell people, you know, we think that that having sex before you're married is going to let you know whether you're sexually compatible or not. But actually, it doesn't work that way in a lot of cases. And a lot of times people really deal with the fallout from sexual baggage. So I would just say here that what the two of them need to do is talk, just like we said in the main segment, talk, 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 figure out what sex is and what the relationship is supposed to be about. He could also have some porn issues. That is really frequent, especially among younger guys today. Uh, If you grow up with porn, you see sex as a very physical thing, where it is mostly physical. It's about using someone. It's about someone servicing you. Again, it's all about depersonalizing someone in order to get your sexual needs met. And then once you're married, you can't do that in the same way anymore. You can't depersonalize them because now they're your spouse. And so they're no longer hot. What porn really does is it it rewires the brain so that what becomes attractive is an image or a video or this idea of anonymous sex. And once you're married and the thrill is gone and it's the same person, it's as if your brain can't switch the arousal thing on anymore. And that's not the way that God 
intended at all. God intended for us to be sexually aroused through intimacy. The more that we know each other, the more that we want each other. And that is actually how sex tends to work best is when we become more and more vulnerable with each other, we actually desire each other more. That's why makeup sex is a real thing. After you've had those conflicts, those fights, and you've bared your soul with each other, you tend to almost get aroused. And what's up with that? We often think that's a very strange thing, but really it makes sense because as we become more vulnerable with each other, we tend to want each other more. However, if porn has rewired your brain, you don't work that same way. What in studies they've done of porn addicts, what they find is that in order to get the same high or the same level of arousal and sexual response, what porn users need is not more porn in the way that alcoholics need more alcohol to get the same buzz. Instead, what porn users need is different porn. So they need to see a different person on the screen. They need to see different activities depicted, whatever it might be. And so if that's the situation for this guy, it could be that sex worked well when he was able to depersonalize her. And now that she is his only sexual partner for life and their spouses he's just finding it very difficult to integrate the sexual side of himself with the marriage. And if that's where you are, I want to encourage you that that is actually quite widespread. You're not crazy. You're not broken. You have just simply changed your brain chemistry and you can change it back. Uh, You really can. And God wants to heal this. He wants to help you work through this. You're going to need an accountability group. You're going to need to get real with some guys. You're going to need to confess this to your wife. And I know that's really hard, but it isn't going to get better on its own. And it's not going to get better just from willpower. You need the Holy Spirit in you. Uh, You need the Christian community around you and you need someone holding you accountable. So I encourage you to, to do that, to get someone to hold you accountable and get yourself in a group. Okay. All of that is just to say that it could be that porn is an issue. However, it could also just simply be that he feels guilty and he doesn't know how to approach sex now, um, now that they're married. And so let's just ask this more general question of how can a guy initiate sex without turning her off? Remember that as I said in the first Start Your Engines podcast, what a woman really needs from sex is three things. She needs to feel safe, she needs to feel intimate, and she needs to feel pleasure. Okay, she needs all three things. So let's assume, as we talked about in the main segment, that you're working on the pleasure part. You're working on making sex feel good for her. You're working on talking about this stuff. So then if you're going to initiate, you need to work on the safety and the intimacy part. You need to help her feel safe, that she can trust you, and you need to work on helping her feel close to you. So the more that you can say things to her like, babe, what is the biggest thing on your mind right now? You know, that can be a turn on for her because she gets to be vulnerable. She gets to be authentic with you. The more you can share your own heart with her. Hey, sweetie, can I tell you what's going on in my life? Even share your high, low thing every day. Here's the the best thing that happened to me today. Here's the worst thing that happened to me today. Open up your heart with her and she's going to be more likely to want to have sex with you. Uh, text her throughout the day, keep in constant communication, you know, telling her, tell her things. I loved what we did last night, or I'm looking forward to seeing all of you tonight, or just be flirty in your texts. 
I love you so much. I'm so looking forward to, to coming home to you tonight. Compliment her. Tell her that she's beautiful, but don't only tell her that she's beautiful. Tell her, I love your smile. Um, don't just focus on the obvious sexual parts of her, but say things like, I love the way you are so nurturing, or I love, I love your eyes, or I love the way you talk to my mom. I mean, it doesn't sound sexy to you, trust me, but <laughs> but she wants to know, you know, that you really cherish her and that you notice these things about her. The more that you can show her, I notice you, the more she's going to feel close to you and she's going to feel that intimacy part of the puzzle. Touch her. Like if you're watching a movie, cuddle her, um, hold her hand, stroke her hair, make sure that you're being physically affectionate. Get off of your phone, okay? Um, and actually look her in the eyes. These are all things that are necessary to do throughout the day to set the stage. Then once that stage is set, then it's okay to get a little bit sexier. Offer her a massage, a naked massage. That does it for a lot of women. Like Keith said, you know, I really react a lot better from a massage because it, it gives me that transition period where I go from thinking about all the concerns of the day to thinking about what we're about to do. And doing it naked, you know, you get that physical touch thing going on. It just helps to rev your engines. Starting with a kiss. Kiss her and then let it get deeper. But start it simple. Don't start it deep. Build up for her. And that's really the key to initiating with her is that everything needs to be a build up. So you lay that groundwork and then once that groundwork is there, you build up with a massage, with a kiss that grows steadily, with having a bath where you're caressing her and it grows steadily, all of those sorts of things. And some women are going to be fine with something a lot more direct. But I, I find that the, the problem that a lot of men make is they do something super direct early uh, so they'll say, hey, babe, you look hot. You want to go in the bedroom? And she'll experience it as an annoyance because she was in the middle of cleaning up after dinner or she had her heart set on watching a show before heading to bed and now you're just interfering. So if instead you can engage her where she's at, you can show her she's important, you can give her that time to de-stress and then you build it up, she's far more likely to say yes. In fact, you could even say that, hey, you're looking really hot, you want to head to the bedroom if you've done all of those other things first. So so build it up because often guys launch into the super direct thing before she's ready for the super direct thing and then she turns you down even though she wouldn't have turned you down had you done something else for 15 minutes first. <laughs> so just don't set yourself up for failure. That's just my tip for you on this Start Your Engines podcast. All right, and now we have the opposite question. A guy writes this, I'm in my late 40s, active, healthy, with a very attractive wife of a similar age. We are Christians and we have sex on a semi-regular basis. I find myself getting more frequently frustrated in recent years because I'm tired of doing things in bed the same old way. My wife never initiates, so I do it. I am affectionate with my wife and I regularly support and compliment her. We go out for dinner, etc., etc. I purchased your book, 31 Days but she got offended. There's no spice and no willingness to mix things up. I don't think she needs it, but I do. I constantly think of my college days where the opportunity for sex was frequent, but I didn't take it because I was told and I believed biblically it was worth the wait. I get the feeling that my wife goes through the motions doing her duty. 
if I bring the topic up, it doesn't go down well. The strange thing is that we are in love and we have a good marriage, but I'm panicked about menopause and what comes with it. Really frequent question. And I I hear you. So he's doing all those things that I said in the previous part. You know, he's initiating in all the right ways. He's laying the groundwork. He's taking her for dinner. He's being romantic. And it's just not getting anywhere. And she's getting offended. I actually wrote a post this week, which I want to point you to. And in the description for this podcast, there's a link to my blog post that goes along with this podcast where there's a bunch of extras. There's a post on 10 ways to initiate sex with your wife without turning her off. There's also going to be a link to the post that I ran this week, which is... um, why your husband wants you to read this marriage blog. So it's it's a post that I wrote a couple of years ago for men to show their wives when they are in this guy's situation where sex is just not very good and they know they're missing so much, but she just doesn't see the problem. And I rewrote the post. I updated it this week and I ran it again. And so I'm going to link that that post in the description for this podcast because it may help just start some conversations with her because I do understand where she's coming from. I could have gone without sex and it wouldn't have bothered me. I felt that what was important was that we were best friends and that we got along and he's saying, yeah, like we do have a good marriage. We do get along, but he knows that they're missing the passion. And so take a look at that post. I hope that that will help. And then as you do talk to her about this, just stress that you guys are missing something together. It's not that you have needs that she's not meeting, even though that might be true. That's just not a good way to phrase it because it'll put her back up again. It'll make her feel like a failure and she's going to get defensive. But instead say, you know, I, I feel like we were meant for more and we're missing out on this. And can we just try it? A couple of other things, if you're just trying to spice up your love life, you know, if she's if she does go through the motions, but nothing really gets done that you enjoy, then doing the his night, her night thing can work. So, you know, one Saturday a month is his night where you get to do what you want to do. And one Saturday night is her night where maybe you begin with that 50 minute massage. (laughs) That can work. And then the other nights you might just do things the old vanilla way, um, but that can help you get spiced up a bit. But if she does get offended, I think it's okay to push it. If you push it in a nice way and say, sweetheart, I can see that you're getting upset about this. And my intention is not to upset you. Please understand. I love you. I value our marriage as the most important thing in the world to me. But I am not willing to be satisfied with mediocre when we were made for so much more. And I am not blaming you for this. I am not saying there's anything wrong with you. I am just saying that together, I think that we can do more. And you can get upset about that if you want, but this is important to me. And I really want to keep having this conversation. Even saying to her, what is it about what I'm saying that's making you upset? Can you, can we talk about that? What is it about what I'm saying that is hurting you? And then maybe dispel some of the questions she has because she might say, well, you think I'm not sexy enough. And you can say, no, I, it, that's not it at all. <laughs> I, I, I love you. I think you're totally sexy, but I want to see you unleashed. And she might say, um, well, you think I'm not a sexual enough being. And you can say, you know what, hon? I think you probably grew up and weren't taught how to be a sexual being. And we're approaching middle age now. You know, the time is ticking. And in the second half of our life, I want to make sure that you experience everything you were created for. So if she does start to get upset, 
ask her to articulate what exactly it, she's upset about. And then you can start to deal with those issues one by one. I can tell you that a lot of Christian women don't feel like they're missing out on much when sex isn't great because they don't they don't feel this big physical need for sex in the same way that you may, but they also grew up having their sexuality attacked. You know, when you grow up in church hearing that all guys lust after you, and that you have to be modest or else adult men are going to stare at your chest. And um, that if you don't have sex enough with your husband, he's going to be tempted to look elsewhere. When when that is what we grow up hearing, then sex becomes a weapon that's used against us. It doesn't sound like something that's very fun. It just sounds like a big duty and obligation. And a lot of women feel that way about sex. So the more we can get away from sex as a duty and an obligation, and the more we can get towards sex as something exciting then that's how we can start to break these things down. So take a look at that post. That post also introduces 31 Days to Great Sex, that wonderful challenge if you want to do that with her. Uh, So I will leave a link to that in the description and then talk to her about sex in that way. And on further and subsequent Start Your Engines podcast, this is what we're mostly going to be unpacking is how can we have those conversations um, and how can we help break down some of the barriers that each of us has about sex and that's keeping us back from real true intimacy. So I'm excited that you're here and I hope that you keep joining me for subsequent episodes. I want to do another big shout out for the Get Your Marriage On app as well. And I want to thank them for sponsoring this podcast and for so much of the blog. I really love this app. The reason that I I take them on as sponsors is because they've created the app that I would have created if I had ever gotten around to doing it. They have an amazing sex app, the Ultimate Intimacy app. And this one is specifically focused on marriage. It's got lots of short quick videos that you watch and then there's to-do activities to put it into practice. You learn all about resolving conflict, about love languages, building communication, your sex life, having those marriage meetings, all kinds of really cool tools. And it's wonderful because you don't have to read a book necessarily to get close to your wife. I know a lot of people just don't have time to sit down and read a book, but you can watch these quick videos together. You can each get the app on your own phone and then you can sync it together. So if you have special things you want to talk to her about, you can put it in the marriage meeting, you can put your thoughts down and she can see them. It's really great way to hear each other's hearts. So I'm excited about that. You can check out that link in the podcast description as well, the Get Your Marriage app on available in Android or iPhone. Um, and it's it's done by the people that I am going to go speak with in Utah in November. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited about that too. Also, another big thing, you can sign up for my emails. I send out emails every Friday um, and the first Wednesday of every month. Um, one of the posts that was so good this month that you don't want to miss is a post um, that I wrote on 10 ways that she can reach orgasm if that's never happened for her yet. And so if you're still there in your marriage, you're going to want to take a look at that post. I will put a copy of it or a link to it in the podcast blog post. Um, so do see that post. But that's the kind of stuff that I write. And so you don't want to miss out on these. And as always, I uh, for each of the Start Your Engines podcast, I will be giving away one copy of 31 Days to Great Sex and one copy of my 24 Sexy Dares for someone who signed up for the email list in the last month. I'm super disorganized right now because my daughter just had a baby. And so <laughs> I haven't been working at home. And so I don't have the names of the people that won this month, but I will announce them next month when I also announce next month's winners. So do 
do sign up for the email list if you're not there yet. You don't want to miss all of these great posts on how to make your sex life more exciting um, for her so that you can increase pleasure and safety and intimacy, the three great ingredients. And finally, do check out the blog post for this podcast. I'm going to have those links on orgasm, how to initiate that post to show your wife if you want to try 31 days to great sex with her. And by the way, 31 days to great sex, like the ebook version is only $4.99. You really need to get it. It's really wonderful. Also how to discuss boundaries in the bedroom if you want things more spiced up than she does and lots of other great things. So do check that out. The link is in the description to this podcast. And as always, join me on toloveonorandvacuum.com where we like to make marriage into a passionate adventure and not just a to-do list. I'm glad that you are here listening to me. I'm, I'm honored that I can speak to men as well as women. And I hope and pray that through this podcast, marriages can really be blessed. And yeah, even our sex lives can get more passionate. 